John Gehring. I serve on staff here under Pastor Jordan and Pastor Lauren Jacobs. Um, I want to thank them for letting me minister this morning. What an honor it is to share the word. What an honor it is to share the word. And um, I'm, I'm excited this morning. I had the opportunity to take Dr. Jacobs up to Cincinnati. Um, he was flying out of Cincinnati to go on a ministry trip to Canada. And we were sharing a little bit. And I shared a little bit of this with him. And he said, you need to share that to the congregation. And I, I talked a little bit about it at our last um, KOTR meeting. But we're going to get into a little more detail about it today. And by the way, a reminder, there is a KOTR meeting today at 5 o'clock. You should have received an email. If you didn't receive an email, let me take a moment and explain this. Go to your junk folder or your trash folder. It might be in there because a lot of people have said, oh, there it is. Right-click it and then click mark as not spam or unspam or whatever your particular one says. And then that way you'll get those emails. Because we've had a lot of people say, I didn't get it, I didn't get it, I didn't get it. And we said, look in your junk mail. Oh, there it is. I found it. So if you just go in there again, right-click and mark as unspam or not spam or whatever, then it'll start showing up in your inbox, and you'll see what's going on. You can always check the church calendar, yes. and as Sister Morgan said, she, by the way, Sister Morgan's outstanding, and Brother Michael outstanding at keeping all that updated with our social media. It's been really, really great. But, 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 the message today, the title, uh, if you're taking notes, is uh, Mistaking the Methods for the Message. Mistaking the Methods for the Message. And, and let me explain what that means by starting. Um, I'm going to read in Mark chapter 7, verse 13. Um, this, in this passage, uh, Jesus is talking to some religious leaders. And he is correcting their thinking because what has happened is they have gotten to a place where they have elevated their traditions or the way they do things or their methods above the word of God. They've become so involved in how they do things and the protocols, they've neglected what the word actually says. They've taken their methods and they've elevated it above the message. And Jesus talking to them makes this statement in verse 13. He says, thus you are nullifying, I'm reading from the Amplified, thus you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the word of God through your tradition." So what he's saying to him is, listen, you've taken the word of God, which is the most powerful substance in the universe, and you've made it powerless. He said nullified it, which means it has no power. When you nullify something, it has no effect. He said, you've taken the word with all of its authority, and you figure the word created everything. He said, you're taking that and making it powerless because you're clinging so tightly to the way you do things or the way things used to be done. So the word is trying to do something, it's trying to create fruit, it's trying to touch the lives of the people you're, you might be praying for, but it can't because you're holding to the way you used to do things instead of moving forward with the way you, God wants to do things. The, the New Living Translation says this, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. You put the word on a shelf because you say, but we've always done it this way. A gentleman in the military made a statement. He said the most dangerous thing we can say in the English language is we've always done it this way. What's that mean? I've been unwilling to change. And listen, change can be uncomfortable. Change can be uncomfortable. But we need to recognize that when you're moving with God and doing things with God and what God says, there's consistently change. Now, that doesn't mean that God changes. God never changes. But we change. Who is the message for? 
us. And because we change, what does that mean? The methods that are used to get that message across have to change. They have to change. See, the, 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 the message is unchangeable. The message never changes. But the methods we use to share that message are changeable. Think, think of this. We had the spoken word. Then we had scribes, the written word. Then we had the printin, printed word, the Gutenberg Press, right? Then we had radio. Then we had television. Then we had the internet. Now we have social media. And soon there will be something else. So what are those? Those are just different methods that we can use to share the message. Doesn't mean they're evil. Now they can be used for the wrong thing, but it doesn't mean in and of themselves they are evil. Those are just methods we use to get the message out to people. It's changed. Things change. What did Dr. Dufresne come and consistently say for probably the last five years? We have to change our methodology. Remember him making that statement? And I wondered, what's he talking about? We have to change our methodology. We have to change the way we do things. We have to change the way we do things to keep with the flow of God, keep with the word of God, and touch lives because society is changing. People are changing. So what we have to do is find out how do we reach those people with this message? What's the way we do that? And, and, and what we want to do, to, to be sure we don't get to a point where we're taking... Now, listen, let me say this. That verse talks about traditions. All traditions are not bad. Don't make the mistake of thinking that. All traditions are not bad. If we look at the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, it talks about the definition of a tradition. It says, a definition is the delivery of opinions, doctrines, practices, rights, and customs. So it says opinions, we want to be sure we don't elevate an opinion above the word. Doctrines, I'm sure that maybe you were told something. I've been told things in the past by people that didn't know the word, but they were talking about the word, and then I started to believe something that wasn't accurate. You know what I mean? Practices or rights or customs, the way we do things. That's what a tradition is. And again, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that's what it is. And the definition continues to go on, and it says, these are delivered from father to son or from ancestor to posterity. What's that mean? It's passed on from human to human. It doesn't necessarily come from God. See, traditions are passed on from man to man or woman to woman, mankind to mankind, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's passed on from God to man. And that's where we have to take what we're told and take it to the Word and compare the two. Does this match up with what the Word says? Because there are things that are changeable and things that are unchangeable. If you put up that first slide for me, Miss Katie, we see here uh, something that is changeable is uh, the definition is something that is subject to alteration. It is fickle. It is inconstant. It is mutable. It is variable. So it, it's inconstant. It's not, you can't rely on it to stay the same. Why? It's changeable. Water always changes. If you've ever been in the ocean, you've not paid attention, you've turned around. Who was that? Who was that? Sister Caitlin, where is she? I saw you in Mexico get hit by this wave, and it was awesome. It was painful. I'm so sorry, but it was awesome. And she tumbled up the beach. What happened? Because water just, it isn't constant. What happened? She turned around, got whacked by a wave, got tumbled up the shore. And this wasn't that soft powdery sand like in death or something this was his hard gravelly kind of stuff very uncomfortable 
But, but because it's in con, uh, not constant, you don't know what it's going to do sometimes. And when you look at something that is changeable, they say one of the, 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 the most sound structures, geometrically speaking, is a triangle. Because you figure if you have a square and you put too much pressure on one side, it can turn into a parallelogram. Didn't know I knew that word, did you? That's right. Or if you put too much pressure on the sides, you have a... Is that a trapezoid or a rhombus? It's something geometric. Listen, I taught social studies, so I don't have to know that. But, it, but, but when you have a triangle, if you put pressure on a triangle, it typically doesn't move. If it, when, the, when the Kennedy Bridge was open and you could drive across the Kennedy Bridge, uh, 65 South, what you saw in the structure was triangle after triangle after triangle after triangle after triangle. Why? Because it's so solid. It's so firm. But if you take a triangle and you turn it upside down, then it's one of the weakest. Because if I have a triangle, all I need is a little pressure either way, and it collapses off the point. You see, if you look up here, that represents things that are changeable. Something that can be changed, and it can be easily changed. Easily changed. Now, the next slide, when you look at something that is unchangeable, the definition of unchangeable is interesting. It says that not only does it not change, it says it's not even capable of changing. It's impossible for it to change. It couldn't even change if it wanted to. It is impossible for that thing to change. And what happens sometimes, and you can go to the next slide, what happens sometimes is we can mistakenly take things that are changeable and say they are unchangeable. We can take something that is unchangeable, and we see up here things that are unchangeable. The Word of God is unchangeable. It never changes. And you've got the Logos and the Rhema word. Now, of course, these are just Greek terms that mean something we'll talk about later. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There will always be a Trinity. There will always be a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. Always. We have eternal life. There will always be eternal life. There's always heaven. Oh, sorry, I hope that wasn't an expensive guitar box. If it was, Dee will pay for it because he almost broke the candy dish over here. Don't think I didn't, don't think I didn't see that, Dee. Don't think I didn't see it. I heard this clanging, and I'm like, what's going on, D? I got you. <laughs> Eternal life, healing. We know it is God's will to heal. We don't have to pray if it's God's will. It's written in the Word of God. Logos is just a fancy Greek name that means the written Word of God. Your Bible right now is Logos. It's written. You don't have to pray about what's written. You know this is God's will. God's Word is His will. Prosperity is God's will for our life. Spiritual gifts. We know that these things are unchangeable. Why? They're associated with the word. And because of that, they do not change. But for things that are changeable, those are the methods. You see, the things that are unchangeable, that's the message, the word. But things that are changeable are the methods, the way we carry out the word. And you look at the list here, service times. If we change the time of a service, is that unscriptural? No, it's changeable. That's something that is changeable. The word doesn't say, the Bible, you have to meet at this time on this day. The word doesn't say that. The New Testament, anyway. Church activities, what we do. When should the youth group meet? Thursday night. You get people who get upset because they change the night that the youth group meets. They got mad because of something that's changeable. How can you be shocked when something that's changeable changes? That's what it does. I can't be shocked when, so, when a dog barks, I'm not shocked. Yeah. 
When a cat meows, I'm not shocked. When a cow moves, I'm not shocked. Why? That's what they do. Things that are changeable will always change. You can't be shocked when they do. They just change. They're subject to that. Amen? Church attire. We don't come to church in robes anymore. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Right? Throughout the years, what do you see? You see a change in the way that people can dress. That's not something. Now, the Bible does talk about being modest. And Pastor Nancy had a great statement. Being contemporary but not casual. What a great statement. What a great statement. And there is something about modesty and that sort of thing. But let's understand this. When we all came in from the world, we didn't dress too modest. I mean, we really didn't. So that's something to think about. Um, service order. How do we organize a service? What if we decide before we have praise and worship, we take the offering? Is that okay? Sure, it's something's changeable. If I can't find in the Word where it says, don't do this. Now, I'm not looking for a loophole, but I have to understand, what's the Word say about it? Again, what are we talking about? Mistaking the methods for the message. Some people will make the mistake of flipping the two. They'll take something that's supposed to be changeable and make it unchangeable. That's when it becomes a tradition. That's when it becomes a tradition. When I take something that God intended to be changeable, something that can change, and I make that unchangeable, I elevate it to the point of the word or even above the word. And then I wonder, why isn't the word working for me? You'll see churches throughout the community, and what will they have? They will have contemporary services, and they will have traditional services. What are traditional services based on? Tradition. They're based on a tradition. Now, I'm not saying that's bad, because maybe the Lord spoke to that pastor and said, have two services. But then you also have people that will do that because they don't want to offend people who want tradition rather than change. So they have two services. Well, that's what you have. <laughs> that's what you have. And you have to understand that. And again, as we said, change can be difficult. But when we start to take something that's changeable and we say this is unchangeable, we have taken a tradition and we have elevated it to the point of being the word. Yes, sir. And when we do that, what, what did Jesus just tell those guys? You've made the, work, the word of no effect. You've hindered what the word can do because you wanted to hold to this so dearly. We can't do it. We've always done it this way. How can we do that? I don't like this change. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, Dr. Summerall said he's lost his friends time and time again because he moved with God. And they didn't want to. They refused to change. They refused. And anybody can change. All of us can change if we choose to. But as Dr. Jacobs always says, it's not change unless it's change. If it ain't change, it ain't change. Amen. And you don't change just for the sake of changing. But one of the great things about our church is if you've paid attention, we're in a different season. For 30 years, we had Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Diana at the head of the church. And the emphasis of the church at that time was maturing the people that are in these seats. Growing up the people that are in these seats equipping the people that are in these seats, and that's why we've hovered around 300 forever, so that as we grow up, we can do the work of the ministry. What did Dr. Jacobs tell us time and time again? You guys got a bird nest on the ground. You come in, you sit, you get fed the word, and then you go out. I mean, and really, what a great place to come and be ministered to by our pastors, amen? 
But there, of course, comes a time, as I mentioned earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, where we do the work of the ministry. That's what the ministry gifts are given to us for. It says that we mature until we're at a place where we can do the work of the ministry. So for 30 years, we've had this foundation established of mature believers, a core of mature believers within the church, so that as we move to the next season, we're the ones who can help with the work of the ministry. Imagine if you had a church full of babies. That would be difficult to handle. But thankfully, there are people in the church with some maturity that can help in the pastoring of those people who do come in. If you have an influx of 1,000 people and no maturity, you don't really have a church, you've got a babysitting service. But when you have people who have been trained up for decades and those people come in, then those individuals can assist in the shepherding of the flock. Amen. As Pastor Jordan said before, you know, for 30 years there was a lot of inside focus to help mature us, but now it's time to get outside and bring people in to help them enjoy what we've enjoyed for so many years. Amen. So what do you have? You have a change in season. And listen, we live in southern Indiana. We ought to be used to seasons. We ought to be used to change. I mean, we really should. We ought to be used to it. And if you think about when the seasons change, the way you do things change doesn't mean what you used to do was evil listen 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 when it's winter i don't think back to women's swim trunks and saying oh that was evil although i've been to some swim meets recently and some of those swim trunks are evil oh my lands but you don't think that why because that was suitable for that season but it's not that season anymore you would think it foolish if during the middle of winter i walk in in swim trunks and flip-flops You'd think something there ain't right at all. Why? He's doing something that's completely out of season. How often has Father done that? Looked at his church and thought, we did that 30 years ago. Why are you still doing that? Or why are you doing it that way? The season has changed. Listen, God never changes, but because we do the way he has us do things, we'll change. What did he tell us in Isaiah? He said, behold, I'll do a new thing. Will you not know it? So he doesn't just say, I'm going to do a new thing. He says, are you, going to pay are you going to recognize that I'm doing a new thing? Because it must be possible not to recognize it. He says, behold, hey, pay attention. Watch, 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 watch. I'm doing a new thing. Are you going to recognize the new thing? Are you going to flow with the new thing? Consistently, we see God telling people, I'm doing a new thing. What he tells in the New Testament, I give you a new commandment. Doesn't mean the old ones were evil. Just means here's a new one. And here's the thing. That new commandment he gave us in John was love. Love covers all the others. You know, when you think about the Ten Commandments, we don't need to get wrapped up in the Ten Commandments. They're important. But the Ten Commandments are covered in love. If I love you, I won't murder you. Does that not make sense? Sure, that makes sense. So the Ten Commandments, all of that is covered in love. But he said, here's a new one. And, and here, here's the great thing. He, he says love, of course, that's agape. People were incapable of that kind of love before the new birth. They were incapable of it. They couldn't love that way. It's the love of God shed abroad in their heart. Their heart, was number one, was stoned. Number two, they couldn't be a new creature, so they couldn't agape people. They, didn't, they did not have the ability. So you see, God changed things to help people. And then he said, hey, something spiritually has changed. 
here's something in the natural you can do to enjoy it. I give you a new law. Walk in this. See, God will do things spiritually, and then he'll say, here's the practical thing you can do to walk in this more fully. What is the practical thing? The method. I've done something new. It's a new season for this church. It's a new season for the body of Christ. It's a new season for whatever it may be. Here's the new method to walk in it more fully. That's what he does. When people don't change, that's where oftentimes you get denominations. Is There was an outbreak of the Spirit of God, or there was a flow of the Spirit of God, or there was something that was happening in the body of Christ, and people were moving with it. But then when God said, okay, it's a new season, we're going to do this, people said, no, 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 no. What about our method? What about the way we've always done things? What about the way we've always thought? What about the way that we've always... And they, they put down their, their stick and said, no, this is us. This is our denomination. And God started doing new things, and they didn't even realize God's not here. Now, I understand God was there, but God wasn't able to move in that setting the way he wanted to because they took their tradition, and they made the word of no effect. A tradition is a method. Amen? Amen. And see, now this applies to faith or is associated with faith, which Do, uh, Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Jordan has been ministering because people will take their faith and they'll put it on the method and forget about the message. They'll get so focused on the method, they'll get so focused on how we do things, their faith is in that instead of in the word. So because the word never changes, listen, you put your faith in the word, the word never changes, you're saved. But when you put your faith in a method and then the method changes, you're like, my God changed. Is what can happen to people. They begin to elevate that method to such a point where it, it overcomes the word and it's almost a God to them. Well, no, no, we've always done it this way. We have to do this in our services. We have to do this every time. This is our tradition. This is our ritual. This is our method. And the word moves on and people move on with the new method and they never realize, how come, how come we're not seeing those things we used to see in our church? Because God's doing a new thing. Yes. Will you not know it? Now, the, the, great, the great thing about this church is it was prophesied a long time ago that we would be as the tribe of Issachar. And the thing about the tribe of Issachar, if you read in Chronicles, it says uh, the tribe of Issachar understood the times and seasons and knew what Israel ought to do. Now, that ought to mean a little more to us now than it used to. The tribe of Issachar, this church, this church is like that tribe, and this church understands times and seasons, what season we're in, and knew what we ought to do. What's that mean, knew what we ought to do? Knew the new methods we need to take to flow in this season that we're in. Throughout the Word, you see things changing in the way God instructs people to do things. Whenever you have a new king come in, he has a new administration, he does things differently. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, but there's always going to be some sort of change. But when the people moved with God, you saw great blessing in Israel. Great blessing. But when you saw people that refused to change or people said, well, we want to go back to do it the way it used to be done, they got in trouble. Why? That's not the direction for this season. That's not the direction for this time. Amen? And, and we know this, and we know this. We know that God never changes. Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, never change. Hebrews 3.18, now this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am always the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. And because God is his word, the word does not change. Amen? So this written word does not change. So if I, now, I'd mentioned earlier the rhema word. We know the logos word great greek word that just means 
the written word. And then the rhema word. The rhema word is different. It's what God speaks to your heart. It's what God says to you. You see, God's word is his will, correct? God's word is his will. Well, but how do I know then who I'm supposed to marry? Does God have a plan for who I marry? Yes? Does he have a plan for where I live? Does he have a plan for where I attend church? Yeah. So there is a will. Now, it's not written specifically in here. Now, there are, there are qualifiers, or as I like to say, disqualifiers in those situations. However, it doesn't specifically say the Garing family is supposed to be under Pastor Jordan Jacobs at Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. It doesn't say, Sean Garing, you're supposed to marry Jenny Garing and be the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> the word doesn't say things like that. So the word has certain things it doesn't spell out here. But there's still a plan for them. And in those situations, that's where we get the rhema word, which just means when God speaks to your heart. Some people say you can't know what God's will is. Well, in Ephesians, it says, pray that you may know what the will of the Lord is. Now, this is Paul who wrote that. And in that same passage, Paul said, hey, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What that just means, don't waste your time. Now, why would Paul say, don't waste your time, and in that same passage say, pray about something that you can never know? I mean, really, that's like me saying, hey, kids, 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 don't waste your time, don't waste your time, don't waste your time. Go look for the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. That makes no sense. It's stupid. It's impossible. So Paul's not going to tell people, don't waste time and then turn around and say, do something that's going to completely waste your time. We can know what the will of the Lord is. In Colossians, Paul said, hey, I'm praying for you that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual understanding. If it wasn't possible, why would he waste his time doing it? Because it is possible. We can know God's will for our lives. We can know everything concerning God's plan for our lives. We never have to make a mistake in those areas if we will listen. Romans 8 tells us, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So we can hear God's voice. We can be led by God's Spirit to make decisions concerning those things that aren't written out, but they're still His plan. Amen? And when I have God's word on something, you know what? That doesn't change. God tells me to marry Jenny. I don't wait to see if he changes his mind. He won't. He won't. This is where you're supposed to attend church. This is where I want you to work. Now, of course, I realize you can go to new jobs and things like that. But when God... When you read it in his word, it's his will. When he speaks it to your heart, it's his will. Amen? And it's to be treated like it's his will. So when you have a church, and a church goes into a new season, what will happen is God will speak to the heart of the pastor about his will for that season. God will speak to the heart of the pastor concerning the methods for that season. You know what happens then? When God speaks to the pastor and says, this is what you're supposed to do, that becomes his will. So then I treat that just like his will is written. It becomes his will. So, and when I know his will and I obey his will, there are blessings on the other side of that. Amen. 
And that's something I have to understand. God, I read it or he speaks it to me. This is what you're to do. Okay, that's your will. That's something I need to carry out. Now, God doesn't tell me the methods for this church. Why? I've got no authority to carry them out. God wouldn't speak to my heart. I'm not in authority to do any of that. Amen? And listen, when God speaks something to your heart, it's not like he changes it every, you know, couple months. You'll have people say, well, God told me to go be a missionary in this country. And then they'll come back a month later, well, God changed his mind. Listen, God didn't change his mind. Either you missed it, and we've all missed it. We have all missed it. Or it just got uncomfortable, and you didn't want to do it anymore. Amen. Anybody ever had a situation like that before? Six of us, a few. Yeah, we all have. We all have. We either missed it and we thought, oh, man, I missed that. Or we've got a situation where we're like, boy, I wish I'd have missed that. This is very uncomfortable. <laughs> let, me, let me drag my feet and see if maybe God will change it for me. You know, like God's sitting there thinking, boy, it's taking Sean an awful long time. Well, Sean, what about this? What about plan B? Is this more comfortable for you? Never had him do that. It's just one of those, are you going to do what I said? <sighs> Amen. What Dr. Jacobs tell us, he was the third choice for this church. The third choice. The third choice. It doesn't say in the word, the written word, this is what you're to do. But some, God spoke to someone's heart, and this is my will, and they rejected it. I don't want to do it. And then he came to Dr. Jacobs, coming down 64, the cut through, and he said, I'll do that for you, Father. And right after that, he got called with a really nice job offer. He'd been looking, remember that? He'd been looking for a job offer. Listen, just because it glitters doesn't mean it's God. Just because it glitters doesn't mean it's God. Amen? So we see here mistaking the methods for the message. The word of God is the word. It doesn't change. But when God speaks to your heart concerning his will, that's something I need to elevate above a tradition as well. I have the written word. I have the raiment. That should always be above the way I do things or what I do. Although God can talk to you about how you do things. Amen. Remember when we, they canceled intercessory prayer? Golly, how long was that going on, Ms. Donna? Well, like how long? 16 years? Now, I think I was only involved, what, maybe the last five years, would you say? We met back there for a while. And then we met in here. Was it three, maybe? Maybe two or three years. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching, like, like fish. Like when you go fishing. <laughs> Of course, we, we, we were back there praying, and Jenny, I'd wear flip-flops. She'd kick my flip-flop off out into the middle of the group, which was very spiritual of her. Bless your darling heart. But anyway, it's a discussion between me and my wife. I'm sorry, you just happened to hear all that. <laughs> but, you know, it went on for 16 years, and then doctor came and said, it's a new season. We need to change it. Some people could have gotten offended by that. I don't know, maybe they did. Some people could have gotten upset. Some people say, what are we going to do on Monday night? If you've noticed, your Monday night has filled up with something <laughs> since that time. Amen. Doctor changed Wednesday night to Tuesday night. How are we going to do that? Well, we did it. Amen. See, it's not a matter of changing the word. It's getting the word, a rhema, on what needs to be changed. What's the new method, Father? What do we need to do differently? How do we need to do it? Again, Dr. Frank, we have to change our methodology. We have to change our methodology. We have to change the way we do things. I'm excited about the changes that have taken place. 
You, if you pay attention, you can tell a big difference in our church. You can, you can sense it. You can sense it. But then, of course, there's more changes coming. And again, the season we're in now, reaching the lost, Amen. sharing with people, opening up. Amen. Drawing people in. We've, we've seen guests, but amen, we want to see more because this is a church that God's put here to help affect this community. Matter of fact, not this community, this region. And we've even had prophecies about affecting the state, the entire state. But to do that, the methods have to change because if you notice now, now, now please, please don't take this wrong. The last 30 years, we've had a great effect, but it's a different kind of effect we're supposed to have now. It's not just about the maturing of the believer. It's about reaching the lost, which, in all honesty, for 30 years, we haven't done a great job of. I'm not saying that we haven't worked at it. I'm not saying there hasn't been effort put forth. I'm not saying, and I'm just reiterating what Pastor Jordan has said from the pulpit as well. And it's not for anybody to seem bad, but listen, listen, listen. It's just the season we were in. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't beat yourself up over it. It was just that season that we were in. Now it's a different season. So what's that mean? Things happened differently but never make the mistake of saying well because we always did it this way i don't want to change what are you doing you're doing what those guys in mark 7 did you're taking that tradition and elevating it as unchangeable this tradition is unchanged we'll never change this we'll always do it this way well that's dangerous amen it's dangerous if you don't think it is again wear shorts all year round Really, wear shorts and flip-flops all year round. That would be awesome. <laughs> JC, you need to do that. Ask your dad, shorts and t-shirt and flip-flops all year round. You with me? You with me? You with me? Yes! <laughs> JC, you don't, don't be with me on that. I'm sorry, I put him on the spot. He was like, Am I, that's Mr. Sean. He, he just got out of children's church. He was like, that's Mr. Sean. If I don't do what he says, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> No, that's, no, JC, don't do that. That's, that's bad. That's bad counsel from me. Very bad counsel. But we see, again, God's word doesn't change, but the way God ministers to the word does. So today I just want to encourage you uh, the same way that we've been encouraged. Uh, when God wants to do a new thing, we need to be open to it. We need to be available to it. And we need to understand that this is just the way. You know, I'm so thankful that they make weed eaters now. Does anybody remember those little hand scissor things that you had to cut? I remember my mom, and, and then they and then they and then they went from those, and they had a little green thing that went like you remember those? I remember one time I was I was trimming around our swim pool, um, and golly, how old was I, Pop? You remember? I was so I was doing that around the swim pool because my parents were slave drivers. But anyway, <laughs> so I was doing that around the swim pool. No comment from this section. So I was doing it, and, and I, got, I didn't realize I'd gotten under a wasp nest, and I got stung like nine times or something. Like, was it like nine times? It's all right. I'm, I'm okay. But, man, I just, they just ate me up, man. I mean, they ate me up. But I'm so thankful now we've got a weed eater that we can use. Or if you remember, you remember the sickle? If you grew up on a farm, we would have to sickle the fence row. No, <laughs> I wasn't the smartest tool in the shed back then. And I remember sickling, and I didn't turn off the electric fence, and I caught it a couple times. And is that, that's all my fault. That's just plumb stupidity. Because Dad would tell me, unplug the fence before you do it. Oh, it takes too much time. Ah! And, and, and then I'm going to change my method and go do what the Father told me to do. Because I got myself in trouble. Not, I got myself in trouble not obeying. 
I thought, well, this is my method, and I want to do it this way. But if you ever noticed that when you tried to do it your way and you didn't do what you're supposed to, it bit you? And you're like, okay, I'll back up, and I'll do it the way you told me to do it. And you end up wasting more time than you would have if you just would have obeyed in the beginning. You know what I mean? All of us have been there. All of us has done things like that. They have chainsaw nails, which are so helpful, instead of just an axe. Man, see, the, what are these? These are just improvements in the method, improvements in the way we do things. Aren't you glad if you want steak, you just go buy some? Or better yet, you go somewhere and let somebody cook it for you. Such a great deal. Back in the day, nobody cooked it for you. As a matter of fact, you're the one who had to do all the getting the steak out of the whatever. And that family right there did their own in Floyd's Knobs because we'd drive by and we'd be like those crazy stumblers or Atkins, excuse me. Well, the stumblers are little, but those crazy Atkins because they'd have this cow hanging in their tree. <laughs> by the way, I don't suggest you do that in your subdivision. Your homeowners association may have something to say about that. But we drive by, and, you know, they got the cow hanging up, and they're doing the whole deal, and we're like, those guys are pioneers, man. They are pioneers. But I'm so thankful that in the natural methods of change, spiritually they've changed too. Spiritually they've changed too. And, and it's so wonderful that God gives us shepherds, and they say this is the method that God is talking to us about now. And it's not a matter, and if you've, if you've noticed, we're not a church that changes methods all the time. It's not a wishy-washy thing. But because we are a church that understands the times and seasons, we do recognize, hey, it's a different season now. We need to do something different. Sadly, some miss it. Thankfully, we won't. Amen? Amen. So when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our faith, we make sure that we apply our faith concerning the written word of God and we apply our faith when it comes to what God speaks to our heart and what God speaks to our pastor's heart so if our pastors say we're going to change the way we do this well that's God's will let's hook our faith up with that instead of hooking it up with but I'm, I'm so attached to this no 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 hook your faith to that because that's God's will now amen so Doctor and pastor have been talking about faith. Let's make sure we're applying our faith in the right way. In the right way. I don't know what's going to happen with the children's ministry in the future, but I'm excited about it because whatever change is made will help. I don't know everything that's going to happen in our church the next 10 years, but it'll be exciting when change comes because, again, it's going to help us move more fully and walk in greater fruit than we have because it's perfect for that season. Amen. It's perfect for that season. So what do I do? I hook my faith up with that. I don't, I don't keep my faith dangling on something that happened before and hoping it comes back. You know, oh, dear Lord, please bring back eight tracks. <laughs> Just not going to happen. I had a Barry Manilow eight track. Do you know any Barry Manilow lyrics, Morgan? No. Don't act like that. You had one too, Miss Liz. <laughs> What's that? Well, I had one. I had one. It was, um, it was when they had the Copacabana. That's right. Dad's just like, don't tell people that. Stop. They're crying out loud. And people, kids are like, don't, don't ask. Don't ask. That's, that's before a lot of changes took place in our home. <laughs> so, again, 
we hook our faith up with God's will in the situation, what does it do? It helps move us forward. Amen. And let's remember this. We are like the tribe of Issachar. We have understanding the times and seasons. Amen. What an exciting time to be alive. What an exciting time to be alive. Amen. Amen. Well, let, let's do that. If you're a guest today, maybe you're here and you're here for the first time, we'll have some people out in the foyer that have a gift for you. If you'd like to go out and meet them, we'd love to get to know you, love to meet you, love to talk to you. It'd be outstanding. Church in Iraq is a great place to be. It's a family church. It's a family church. We have some super activities coming up. You guys should have just gotten an email, as a matter of fact, with a bunch of the upcoming activities. We've got a Vision Sunday that's coming up where Pastor Jordan's going to be talking about some of the changes coming up in our church. We've got a heart for the house offering. We're going to be redoing our pavement out there, and we're looking at redoing our church signs a little differently than we've done them. Um, Pastor Jordan Smucker's going to be coming at the end of August. We've got a youth service on that Saturday night. Starts at 6, be over about 10, going to have inflatables, going to have food, going to have games. Um, invite your friends, bring your friends. Um, it's for 12 to 24-year-olds. And then the very next day, we're going to have an invite Sunday. Pastor Smucker is going to be ministering again. Then from 12 to 4, we're going to have inflatables out here for the kids. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have a big tent. We're going to have activities for adults, all kinds of things. So start gearing up asking people, asking people to come. Amen. Asking people to come. If you're thinking, well, what's a good service to ask them to come to? August 28th. That's an invite Sunday. Bring them, sit around, fellowship, let them have some barbecue or some Hawaiian shaved ice or whatever the case may be, and it'll be delicious. And they take cards and cash. So just so you know that as you're preparing. All right. But we'll have those food trucks out there. It'll be a great time. If you have any questions about any of that, call the church office. And don't forget, in October also is the Word and Spirit Conference that Dr. Jacobs will be hosting here, and um, you don't want to miss that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, the Word's good, isn't it? And the Word helps us. Amen? And, you know, I'm a visual guy, so I just like seeing, hey, I don't want to take something that's supposed to be changeable make it unchangeable. That messes everything up. Amen? Messes everything up. So we don't want to end up getting into that because it's like the man who built his house on the sand instead of the firm foundation. When I established my life on a tradition and that tradition changes, you can imagine what would happen to the foundation of a house. 